Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. A Monday is upon us, and a Monday it has been. We saw some lower numbers in the corn and the wheat. Wheat actually took a big hit in Kansas City and Chicago. Soybeans, though, they continue to push to the upside. And as we quickly glance over at the livestock side, they had an interesting ride as well. Unfortunately, a lot of red on the screen for them. As we take a look at what's happening in the trade today, we're going to talk a little bit about the exports. We know they've been good. More numbers coming out this morning in regards to China. But China's had some news breaking as of late. How is that going to affect the whole picture? As we dive into everything, Eric Kruger joins us. Eric is with Smart Yield out of Kearney, Nebraska. And I think, Eric, it's it's kind of neat to get those emails in the morning that from the USDA talking about more export numbers. And again, China's back in this market. Yeah, it's great to see them. Um, really, the last five trading sessions straight, it's been nice to see um, mainly beans, but a couple of really large corn purchases um, over the last few weeks from China. And this morning coming in again, 132,000 metric tons. Um, we need to see that continue. Um, it's it's really been nice uh, just look at the export pace and, and look at it catching up for the year to where it should be as far as inspections. And I think corn's a little short, beans are right there, wheat's kind of right there. But we can continue to see that happen. There's there's still that thought, um, though it seems like the numbers are pretty huge. But the more China buys, the closer we come to maybe you know seeing more. Uh, I guess closer to that phase one commitment, um, continuing to buy uh, as, as much as they can, hopefully. Well, you know, and I think before we started this, you you said it probably the best. What can we trust? What can't we trust coming out of China? And we saw over the weekend that, I mean, obviously they've had a lot of rain there and they were, quote unquote, blowing up dams. Now, we don't know if that means they were just lifting the gates or if they were actually destroying these dams. But there's a lot of ag land that's going to be flooded. So does that mean the potential? And did the market even look at that today? Yeah, I don't know. You know, that's that's something that, like you said, it's, it's so uncertain. Uh, it depends on what news you read or what, what, what you hear out of China. But I think what they've shown is, is really, honestly, a good trend here with picking up in exports. Um, they did sell a bunch of reserves out of their uh, their crop reserves that probably need replaced. Um, and I think going forward, they've had a really wet go. So um, it probably leans towards more purchases. At, you know, hopefully they come from the U.S. and a little less from, from South America. So if, if we can continue to see that come from us that's only going to help against uh, what looks like we're going to have some burden some stocks numbers especially into the new crop well we've got some beautiful crops that are growing and we know that there are areas that are are dealing with drought western nebraska we've got some areas in the dakotas in kansas um, that are dealing with with crop concerns but overall crop for the mid to late july across the nation isn't too bad it really isn't. We, you know, you you watch the weather forecast this time of year, and it seems like the heat that's come into the forecast, whether it was a near storm or extended, seems to not materialize. Just a little, little cooler than what they pre- predicted, and the precipitation and the areas that need it continue to get it. So we've really seen uh, the stressed areas shrink to probably 15% or less of the corn belt or the growing, growing area for soybeans as well. And I think that's been reflected with some lower markets here over the last week and a half. Um, it'll be interesting to see. You know, the last time we were down in these areas, um, pricing-wise, we had had some big exports. So, seems to be that uh, once we get a little lower here, the low, you know, December corn or step, you know, below 3:30, it seems like buying comes in. So we'll see if that continues now that we're back to those areas. Looking at the the, do you expect to see any surprises in the numbers that come out today? 
Um, you know, everybody will be looking at it. The trade expects a, a maybe one to two percent drop in the corn rating. Beans even to maybe down a percent. And the trend usually is for lower this time of year. So it's it's going to be interesting to see what the numbers come out and say. As long as we don't see a big surprise, I don't expect a big market you know change tonight on the overnight. But um, you know, the the weather seems to be a, a little normal over the next um, normal as far as heat over the next ten days and a l- little more moisture. So if that if that materializes, I I think it's uh it's hard to bring the crop too much lower. But how much? I mean, we've been talking all along. How much of a weather related market are we going to keep that pressure on it up until harvest, or are we going to see a little bit of a wane maybe? Yeah, I think a little bit. You know, corn we expected to be probably across the belt by the time we get through the end of the week. Seventy-five percent of the corn will probably be harvested in the country, at least the major producing areas. Now, everybody knows beans are produced in August, so we got a little ways to go in the bean market, and that premium can stay there. And hopefully, it kind of helps hold corn together and wheat together. Uh, looking at ethanol, uh, margins have been kind of on the narrow side. Do we have any concerns? Yeah, I think the big thing we kind of forget and lost in this is. Uh, with the surge that we've seen back, and you know, we hate to talk about it, but back with coronavirus stuff and back to the COVID-19 situation and across the country, seeing a resurgence probably isn't uh, isn't a good sign when it comes to ethanol usage and, and getting people back out and moving around. And with the pressure, because we don't know what's going to happen, uh, what are you hearing when it comes to, to gasoline movement, at least on, on the front months as we move into the rest of this year? You know, it's been, we've seen a, a really decent rebound, of course, over the last few months into, I wouldn't say normal, you know, normal summer movement and traffic, but we've, we've seen it go the right direction. Now we're going to have to see that usage continue. Uh, there's so much up in the air. It's, you know, I can't predict that, but I think what we can do is just hope that usage stays there. Hopefully we can continue to keep plants open and roll in and cheap corn helps that. Um, but we'd also like to see the demand side pick up a little bit, especially with the, with the pressure that's out there for what could be big crop numbers. Yeah, I mean, any, any way you slice it, when you look at, you know, the stocks use percentage coming in for corn um, this far along into the crop with, you know, we do have a lot of areas. We've had some issues with weather. We've had some issues that, but they're small pockets. And I think when you're looking at it as a whole, we're looking at a pretty good uh, stocks use percentage. And um, that signifies a big crop. So I think we need uses to stay up. We need our, our feed demand to stay up and we need to continue to export grain. Definitely another COVID-19 situation as we continue in the second half of the year. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, stick around, folks. When we come back, we're going to really highlight what's been happening on the livestock front. Interesting. We're going to look at the uh, cash to futures premium. Maybe that's something our cattle guys haven't had a chance to really talk about much as of late. And, of course, we'll talk about maybe some protections and things that you need to think about as we hit the month of August just around the corner. More is coming up. It's a Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. Um. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. We're continuing our conversation with Eric Kruger of Smart Yield. And we talked, uh, as we went into the break, we were talking about demand, obviously what it is for this crop. And as we switch gears to look at the livestock, I did want to hit that. Uh, cattle producers, uh, pork producers, just watching um, where these markets are ebb and flowing, trying to, I'm sure, make their grain purchases that they need. What are some things that we need to think about as we get ready to, to hit August? 
you know, usually the second half of July gives gives us a pretty good opportunity, um, and and we've seen that in the futures market on a move up on the cattle side um, to put some protection on against that that third quarter. Usually, we see a pretty good break on those third quarter cattle during the month of August, whether it's uh, it's October fats or even on the other side out to your January calves. Or um, usually, the market does see that summer decline in the month of August. So, you know, we encourage guys to to be cognizant of that and look forward to uh, to using protection that's available. We've seen over the last, you know, really the first half of the year, um, we saw cash premium in this market uh, on the live cattle side, and all of a sudden, it, just like that, in the blink of an eye, all of a sudden we have a really strong uh, futures premium. Um, normally, a time of year where uh, we do still have a cash kind of basis uh, over the last five years, it's averaged three to four dollars, and all of a sudden we've got a futures premium that's, you know, six months, six dollars on the front month up to ten dollars plus on on the October cattle. So, um, something to keep in mind that does incentivize guys to use the board to protect ourselves and that's why it's that's why we have it for guys that maybe haven't done that what are some things that they need to think about maybe they've toyed with the idea but the thought of making that leap yeah you know there's there's really two ways to do it through either some insurance programs that are out there or you use uh, of course um, the board use the futures or, or the options board to do that and working with a company like ourselves to be able to get out there um, get it set up for your account and get it done it takes a little it's a little bit of a process but it's nothing to be fearful of um, there's definitely a lot of professionals out there that can help guys do that I tell you we did not want to start on Monday with some triple digit lower in both the cattle and the hogs let's look first at the cattle what was the driving factor behind that drop it, you know, I think, I think it's interesting. It'll be interesting to see what, what the cash starts at. I know the call steadied higher for the week, and it needs to be. We do have a pretty good premium. Um, we ran up kind of last week, and I think uh, maybe a little coming off that. But, you know, we were down a couple dollars really across the board, whether it was feeder cattle or live cattle, and ended up closing less than a dollar down on your front months, really, you know, October, December cattle down less than 30 cents. Um, so um, I think that's a solid sign. It shows you their support in this market. One of the interesting things uh, when we look at the commitment of traders from this weekend is we actually actually saw um, our managed money traders actually liquidate some of their long contracts, which is, is pretty interesting, but indicative of, like we said, that move as we get into the later part of July and August where uh, the market usually seems to grind a little bit. So it'll be interesting to see um, if that continues this week or if we see a little more uh, strength on pullbacks. How are the show lists going to look this week? Um, we hope steady. Um, it looks like, you know, uh, if you go and look at the kill side of it, it looks like we can continue to see um, the kill kind of hold in. You know, we've, we've really gotten back to where um, uh, it was a year ago and production continues to be up, which shows heavier weights, which is, is warranted. I think we're still getting through this backlog of cattle. So even if we're killing the same amount of cattle, of course, heavier weights, more production. So uh, there, there are some signs out there that it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a tough go. But, you know, there's light at the end of the tunnel. It's nice to see, uh, you know, that cattle above a dollar across the board everywhere and, and feeders in the 140s. So you talk about that. I mean, the guys, I mean, it's it's tough when you're watching this and trying to watch your bottom line and see how we continue to see the trade and, and to be able to market and be able to market forward so we can be somewhat profitable. Yeah, it is tough. And, and we're maybe not there yet, um, but it's, it's getting closer, that's for sure, When you, especially when you look out. And we'll see cattle on feed at the end of the week, um, kind of see what those numbers come out as. But it, it still looks like maybe fourth quarter into the first quarter of next year, we should really see a decline in numbers. And it, it, it should support the market. And, and the, the live cattle market showing that. But I think, when you know, guys got to keep an eye on that. And 
right now, um, seed's cheap, and guys need to protect that. Usually, we kind kind of think to wait a little more towards harvest, but um, right now, it's it's cheap enough to be able to, to look that way. So I think guys need to protect that cost of gain a little bit and keep their keep their eyes on the future. And if those markets get there on the future side, you got to look to protect it. You talked a little bit about uh, the cash and to the futures premium. Did that surprise you as to where we're at right yeah. now? It's it surprised me we we ran as hard as we have without without cash really coming up last week we we put a pretty good premium into this and um, today it looked like we were going to correct that a little bit it did and it came right back up so um, you know October ten dollars above the cash is is a little surprising for this time of year but um, you know we'll see where it goes we got a long ways to go to get through it and finally real quick before we wrap up uh, what's the key marketing thing we want to think about this week. Yeah, you know, I think you just got to keep 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 in mind the time of year it is. Um, when the opportunities there, you need to take advantage of them. We're looking at uh, s- seasonal markets that usually tend to move uh, grind a little bit over the next couple months. So, all right, Eric, what's the best way for folks to get a hold of you? Uh, they can reach us at 308-234-6805, or you can go online to mysmartyield.com. All right. Just a reminder, commodity futures and options do involve substantial risk of loss, and they are not suitable for all investors. Eric Kruger has been joining us today with Smart Yield, and that is the Fontenelle Final Bell, being brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all your local Fontenelle dealers. Check this out as a podcast at our website at ruralradio.com, wherever you subscribe for your free podcast, and of course, on Spotify as well. It's the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio. Network. You're listening to the Rural Radio Network.